That's right. Ready, Jim? Chapter 6? Ron, keep an eye on him back there. All right, chapter 6. Actually, we're in part 2. And... Not yet. And we'll get there next week, I believe. My, my intent is to go through all of chapter 7 next week, get the history lesson and, uh, and the outcome. So uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight uh, to be together in the Word of God. We thank you uh, for the record in that which you have given us uh, in the Word, the history of the book of Acts. We're praying tonight that, that you would fill up our lives with Jesus. Lord, we, we see those in the beginning who were filled with your Holy Spirit, who were, who were filled with love and truth, uh, Lord, who went forth and you used their lives and, and the power of God was upon them. Lord, we, we being here now with understanding and days uh, from, from what we see in Scripture, Lord, days of the imminent return that you can come back at any moment. Lord, it's our desire that when you return, Lord, you find faith on the earth. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So a couple things as we undertake where we left off. We left off uh, really with the record of the, the working of the Holy Spirit upon the Word of God in prayer. In the beginning, when the church was multiplied, and, and if you bring to your remembrance, there was a conflict that arose in church. Big surprise, huh? That as the, as the number of people coming to church multiplied, the problems multiplied. And we find that the answer was not for the apostles to fix the problem of the distribution unto the, unto the widows. Again, think of, think of that. The church caring for the widows. And then Paul gives further instruction to the Gentile church that takes that up. And who's a widow? Who's not a widow? And what, what, the men and women were to be doing because Jesus didn't come back right away. Okay? If you, you get the perspective, right? Are you now going to set up your kingdom, Lord? This is after he is resurrected, before he ascends to heaven. So there was this understanding of the imminent return of Jesus Christ from the beginning. Then the church got sleepy and then slept for a number of years. Then they wake up again. And then the church goes back to sleep. And then they wake up again. And then the church goes back to sleep, and then they wake up again. Well, as we study prophecy, I think we're living in exciting days because if we take an honest, simple view to Jesus' own words to us, our Lord that said, in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, right, it'll be like the days of Noah. That, that book of Genesis is not just a, a good story to read to your kids at bedtime. Oh, floods, and then get cute little pictures, and the reality of what God did and why he sent the flood and days of judgment. And then he likens it unto the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. He doesn't say Sodom and Gomorrah and he doesn't say judgment of the earth. He, he identifies the days of the righteous. You, you ever stop and consider that the mark of the days from God's perspective, when he saved Noah by grace through faith, I mean, he really did. The ark really is a type of the cross if you ever examine it. And he really delivered Lot from the judgment that rained down upon Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and it's really a type of the rapture. He, I mean, the angels were snatching Lot and his family out of the way. And the, the implication was 
get out of the city because we cannot, judgment cannot come until you are out of the city. Well, as we look in these days and find that we are living in the days of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. And since now the church is awake, at least you are, right? You're, you're awake. You're looking for the Lord's return. You're, you're looking at the, really, the forming together. I mean, honestly, we have, I'll just share this with you. We have one video on our YouTube channel that's gone crazy. And it's the Magog invasion, Ezekiel 38 and 39. Somehow it got suggested, and you should have seen how many people around the world started to watch this video when Russia invaded Ukraine. And then it took about 37 days, and then then everybody went back to sleep and stopped watching. Well, not quite everybody. So what am I saying? We are living in days that if it's not exciting... Most of the people aren't paying attention to it. So here we are, maybe not an exciting chapter. Maybe, maybe you've heard that the Lord's coming back and you've been, you've been, yeah, he's coming back. Or maybe from a perspective as youngins, you're like, that's all my mom and dad have been teaching us. We go to church. We talk about the second coming of Jesus. The pastor's talking about the rapture a lot. And, and he's talking about the, the second coming of Jesus. And yet, we go back to the beginning, and we find that, to to me, this perspective I want to hand off to you tonight, Noah had faith, right? Just simply put, he heard God and believed God said to him, build an ark, okay? You may not like to always equate, you know, Lot in the same way, but guess what? Lot had faith. He heard God, he heard the angel said to get out of the city. He negotiated. You understand, he, he did negotiate, but when it came down to it, he believed God and got out. Well, in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, again, that to me, those, those sharp words, will, will he really find faith? Well, we're here, and I, I come to Book of Acts in the beginning after the Lord had come back, And what did we find? Holy Spirit-filled church, apostles preaching the gospel, praying, signs and wonders, people getting saved, power of God unto salvation, church multiplying, right? problems coming up. But what you did is you found a Holy Spirit wisdom-filled solution, how to continue in the word of God in prayer. Isn't that what's really important for us? If, If we took today... And we just simply said, whatever our doctrines are, whatever we think's coming or whatever we thought was going to happen, and whatever's going on, what people think we should do, what if we just held to it as a church, said, we cannot leave the word of God in prayer? Because if we continue to be in that place, we come across things like Stephen in Acts chapter 6 that, that for us stirs up faith. Now, the Apostle Paul says this in Galatians 2.20. Who has Galatians 2.20 memorized? Right? For I have been crucified with Christ. Okay. For I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, right? But the life that I now live... In the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, right? And Christ, right? I'm crucified with Christ. I, how does it go? Who's got it? Somebody turned it. Someone look it up. Now, 
I'm going here for one reason. There's an emphasis that I'm bringing forth tonight. You got it? All right, let's hear it. Yeah, there you go. Right. So in the Revelation, what's that? Galatians 2.20. 2.20. Right. So in the revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ as it went forth into the world, the Apostle Paul says, righteousness is revealed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Righteousness that comes from faith to faith. Romans 1.16. What does Paul say? Paul says, I believed upon Jesus Christ. And so much that he said, my old life that I used to live, I'm crucified with Christ. I no longer live. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. You hear that? By the faith of the Son of God. From faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. Well, how much faith is enough? (laughs) How much Jesus is enough? I love the book of Acts. I love when we come to this. And not from a standpoint that we would say, you know, um, well, they had faith. And well, and, and so many excuses abound. Well, those were the apostles in the beginning. Of course, the spirit, the signs, the wonders. Of course, that was all. But let's not even talk. I, I don't know if I'm going to even talk about the outpouring of the gifts, but let's look at the witness of history. Stephen, right? Philip, we'll get to Philip in chapter 8, with the other five table waiters, deacons, right? The diaconos, those who are called upon to serve. And the statement in verse 8, as we start there tonight, 6-8, Stephen, full of faith and power. Stephen, full of faith. Now, I simply say, while we are waiting for the Lord to come, right? What did Jesus say to us? Don't be like those servants who are up late, third, fourth watch of the night, waiting for their servant to return, and they start saying to one another, the master delays his return. See, and that part of that sleepiness of the church, no watching, no praying, and Jesus taught us this so that we would not go around carousing and giving into the sin of drunkenness. Does that describe the church? Yeah, it sort of does. That part of the church that's no longer holding to the faith of one simple thing in the prophecies. Our Lord comes. The Lord returns. Now, I believe in the imminent return of Jesus Christ because he did. Right? That, that's, I, that's straightforward. Jesus said, I can come back at any moment. So any doctrine that I would hold to that would delay the coming of Christ would cause me to get into all kinds of things that actually ends up contrary to what he said. Stephen, full of faith. Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. A table waiter. Now, to me it's this. We're not apostles. We're not looking for any more apostles of Jesus Christ. I think those men who have taken the the charge of apostle and prophet upon themselves usually aren't. And you can test it. I mean, in, in, in the beginning it was in order for one to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, sent out by him, they had to have seen him and personally be sent out by him. And yet many today will also take upon themselves, they'll take upon themselves a title, and they will they will go forth. And we're not big on titles in our group, but on some groups they are. They are. There's the apostle, the, the most right reverend. There's there's the bishop, and they, and they start adding these titles. I remind you, Stephen, full of faith and power, doing all these signs and wonders, great wonders, God working in his life, he's a, he's a, he's a servant. 
And this is where I want to start with us tonight. Will the Son of Man find faith on the earth? You want to answer that? As long as I'm here, right? Because I believe in the Word of God. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I believe Jesus is coming back. So what are we really holding to? We're holding to the testimony of Jesus Christ. Not our believing of his, you know, not our believing of what he did, but the testimony of what he did. That's what we hold to. And we hold to that word of patience. And I believe in the history of the book of Acts that, that Stephen fulfills for us an example of ones who are living in these days while the church has multiplied to every tongue, tribe, people, and nation. Troubles abound in the church. Conflicts over distribution, over money, over, I mean, you name it. But then you look at what was the Holy Spirit solution was servants, servants like Stephen who were full of faith and power. How do we get there? Well, he is faithful in little, and the little things will be faithful in the greater things. See, it begins at this place when, when the character is sought out for those who could care for, for the, the sermons. They sought out men. If you look at verse 3, verse 5, and verse 8, describes Stephen and the other six, the seven deacons. And they were seeking for those full of wisdom, those full of the Spirit. And that's, that's what we need, church, in regards to how we live our lives and how we serve one another in love. Each of us need to be, as we minister to the needs of the, of the church body, because I am not interested in doing all the serving in church. I am not interested in a structure that says, hey, come watch the pastor serve. I am interested in fulfilling what God's called me to do, which is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That opportunity to serve God. And let's, let's be honest. Church plant, it's all days of small beginnings. It's all little things in the beginning. And sometimes that beginning lasts longer. And it's like, I only got little things to do at church. Well, what we learn with Stephen, he was faithful in those things. Because if you're not faithful with the unrighteous mammon of this world, who will grant you true riches? That's what Jesus said. So you think about this. If you've been entrusted with the unrighteous mammon in order to how you handle that in your life, what's really coming is the true riches, people's souls. What's really coming is riches of heaven. And this is all testing ground in our faithfulness of how do we serve God? So often people, I'm, I'm going to quote Pastor, Pastor Chuck here, so often people have come to me and said that they feel God is calling them into the ministry. They want to know, when can I start? Which office is mine? What's my salary? It's amazing that once the church starts to grow, how many people show up to like, I'm here to serve. I, I, I'm here for a position. And, and that was Pastor Chuck's statement. Here's what he says. I usually suggest that they volunteer in Sunday school and show their faithfulness there. If you can't be faithful teaching a class of third graders, you can't be faithful in ministry, administering within the church itself. So what's, what's this for us? Hey, be faithful to what God has entrusted to you. You know, one of the things that I discovered is that I much rather, right, far easier to be told what to do. Get that done. Okay, I can do that. When, when Calvary Chapel St. Paul was planting a church in Fargo-Moorhead, all I had to do was do those things that I was told to do. And then he started telling me things like, now figure out what to do. <laughs> now you figure it out. See, and what happens when you, when you show yourself faithful in the things and, then, and you start doing those things that God shows you to do? And, and I'm, I'm here to say unto us 
that I, again, I, I'm thinking about what's going on in Grand Forks, and and I was talking with the brothers, like you know what, there are so many things that never can get started, and so when you have something started, you you don't have that stop, and I said I'm so thankful the way things have turned out that that. We, by faith, believe God wanted this to happen. And I, I've shared with you before, on I think Bible study number one, yeah, at the end of the very first Bible study we ever had when we started to, to plant this, one of the guys who attended the study took me aside afterwards and said, you'll never start a church, church in Grand Forks. And I looked at him and just started smiling. I said, wow, thank you. I'm on the right track. Because I figured the enemy had sent him. Now, when you come to this place of being faithful with what God has entrusted to you, and, and you see this, this man of honest report, who full of the Holy Spirit, who could be appointed over maybe, maybe the janitor. Do you know how many janitors from Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, have gone out to be pastors of their churches? Rich Chafin, who was at the conference I was at in February, he's one of those men. He was hired on, and his work at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, was being a janitor. And he described, just as God was working in his heart, and he's, you know, he's trying to do his best to do all those things, and, and he would find notes that Pastor Chuck would leave all around the building of stuff that he missed. Stuff that he didn't see. And, and so he's like, he would take those notes, and, and he said at first he took those notes, went back to his office, crumpled them all up and threw them. And, and then the Holy Spirit began to work on his heart. See, and what is it? What is a servant? And then we come to Stephen, and Stephen's going to be poured out, on t- and he's going to pour out his witness and serving, and he is going to be like a bright shining light that only burns for a short period of time. We know that he is used to bear witness to all the leaders of Israel over all their history of what the Spirit, how they've resisted the Spirit of God, and he burns brightly for a short period of time. Well, Rich Chafin, in describing this from the pulpit, I'm not any private conversation, he would say how the, how the Lord began to work on his heart. And he's like, Pastor Chuck was absolutely right. Because being full of the Spirit and always desiring to serve the people, he'd find the things that were not caught, that were left undone. And you know what Rich Chapin said? He said, I took all those notes out, uncrumpled them, you know, flattened them as best as I could, taped them back together, the ones, and, and, then, and, then, I, and then, I, then they became a treasure to me. Because he learned how to be a servant, to be faithful in the little things, and to do those things. And, and I'm here to say unto us, right, we are living in days when, when the world does not want righteousness. Right? In fact, this is exactly what the gospel is about, in that the unrighteous men, men and women are suppressing the truth, uh, and unga- ungodly men and women are suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. They don't want this. But we're here and we have faith and we're going to serve the living God in that way. And like Stephen, full of faith power, hey, I am all for the Holy Spirit doing signs and wonders that are in agreement with the preaching of the gospel. I am not all for the TV show that does lying signs and wonders. See, because a lot of times what's usually sacrificed in all those fake shows that, that are healing apart, what's sacrificed is faith. They say you don't have faith, and they keep they actually keep going after everyone's faith. I'm here to say unto you, this faith that believes upon Jesus Christ, this faith, and to be full of faith, that's the test. What, what does Jesus say unto his disciples when they come to him and say, we just wish we had more faith? Well, they didn't phrase it that way, but 
Luke 17, 5, he says, they say to the Lord, increase our faith. You know what he says to them? He does not say to them, get spirit-filled and do signs and wonders. He does not say unto them, at that point, you know what he says to them? He says, which of you having a servant plowing in the field? Right? And when that work is done and he comes into the house, do you have that servant that was so busy working out in the field, do you now have him sit down when you bring him into the house? No. The servant who was serving out in the field, what does he keep doing? Well, now he serves in the house. And then, and then he waits on the master, and Jesus takes them whole this, through this whole thing and just doing what we are called to do. What is desired in a steward? What's the test of stewardship? Right? The test of stewardship is faithfulness. Now, when we talk about increasing our faith and, and we come to this, this, this for me is what this section really is stirring me up. And it comes down to this. You want to increase your faith? I say unto you, start serving the Lord. You want to increase in faith and have more opportunity. You want to be at the place where you're praying for people to be saved. Or you want to be at that place where people are calling you and asking for you to, to minister unto them and these things. I say unto you, serve the Lord your God. Now, he did his job faithfully. Obviously, he was not called to, in the end to, to be a table waiter the rest of his life because as God does this work and he was working diligently, he started them out on tables and he begins to use them. I love that with Rich Chafin. Those days of being a, a janitor, and I'll just throw, some of you know, Romaine. He, he worked while Romaine was there and Romaine was, was a drill sergeant pastor, assisting pastor. And he continued to be operate like a drill sergeant. See, at this place of what is an unprofitable servant when you can be told what to do and these things need to be done, and I'm so thankful that my pastor required me to go beyond the things and, and figure these things out because when it comes down to it, the Holy Spirit is so creative and has so many ideas to do all kinds of things. I began to reason through stuff we could do as a church plant. And, and my pastor came to me and said, well, what, what about reaching people with the gospel? What about reaching out? And so I just formed a bunch of ideas and I laid them all out. And he said to me, do them all. I thought he was going to look at me and say, great, good job. All right, do this one. He's like, all right, do them all. No, I didn't do them all. Right? Because I, my ideas, I was thinking, well, I'll just, I just want to show off my ideas that I have to him. And that's where I was at. See, Stephen at this point in time, table waiter, like Philip, you guys, they are serving faithfully. They're ministering and meeting the needs. And now God has raised that deacon up with the power of the Holy Spirit, and he's using him powerfully performing miracles as they go forth. The church needs, we need to wake up. I mean, and I'm not saying us, I'm just saying we need to be awakened unto the, the word of God and prayer. And you come to these things, say, we desire to be filled with faith, full of faith. God can do that. God's going to do that. You hear the difference? God, God, God can do that or God's going to do that. Now, we have a, a sister, young gal together with her and her family, and, and their family was buying a house, and they were having so much trouble buying this house. And it was a, a couple of weeks ago, she was talking to Tanya, and, and they were out on our porch, and, and she just says, I know we're going to get this house. I believe that we're going to get this house. and Because their whole family is like, I don't think it's going to happen, none of the, any of those things. And it comes down to it, that's the gift of faith. And I think it was a day later, they found a document that, 
that satisfied so they could get the loan. And it was like just, just like that, after the declaration of faith, and then it opened up. Now, this part of serving faithfully, again, I'll just put it this way: full of the Holy Spirit for what? To make a TV show? To feel good? Now, I listened to a couple guys lately give testimony of years ago going to Pentecostal meetings, and and from their perspective, where where they were at, they would go to the Pentecostal meetings, come out, and everybody's smoking a cigarette and talking about all kinds of other things while they were in, you know, in tongues and before the Lord and 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 just different things. We like if if that's all the Holy Spirit fullness is for us, is so we can have services and have this. I always say like you know Holy Spirit goosebumps. But what it comes down to is how does how are, how do we serve when we are filled and go forth in the power of God to minister the word of God? Now it says out of all that, verse nine, there arose some of what is called the, of the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians and Alexandrians, those of Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. So Jews now they're in every country by this point in time because they had been scattered. And now they're back, and they, they've gathered into synagogues of their own nationality, maybe language. And it's out of that, it's estimated that there were 400 synagogues at this time. Think about it. Jesus enters into a Judaism that is no longer central to the temple and the Bible, but it's spread out to synagogue and individual rabbis. And, and if you ever consider how important this is to what Jesus comes into, and one of those divisions now become an opposition to Stephen over really his power and his working and his faith. And they hand him over. They were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke, 610. Now, I love this kind of stuff, and, and I also love to be unassuming, if I can be, like, I love to go do hospital visits dressed like a normal guy. Right? I don't I don't dress up so oh here comes the pastor. I love showing up in shorts and a t-shirt and and tennis shoes and just be one there and and be filled with the spirit. And and not come to like well have words to say. I went to a prayer meeting recently and I I I get in there and the pastor is not praying at a prayer meeting. At, as a, a family visitation for, for a young man who has died. And all I want to do is, I, I don't look like a pastor. I'm just, I, I'm dressed like just normal. I want to go up and say, we need to seek the Lord. I, I, want to, I want to take over the meeting. And it's not this whole thing of, of this. When you have the Spirit of God and you know the wisdom came forth from him, it's not your wisdom. Stephen is going to expound unto Israel the wisdom that the Holy Spirit showed him at the key points in Israel's history, how they always resisted God the first time around. That's a hard heart. How many times has it been when God says, go do this, and you, like me, I remember when, when Pastor Chick said to me, do all of them. First time around, what did I do? I didn't do them all. But then it came back around again, and then by the Holy Spirit started to, that second time around. And, and as he is confronted by these synagogues, remember, this is a man who waited on tables. This is the guy who's waiting in the table. And what kind of servants does God want now of us, full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, and power? He wants us in normal, everyday life 
rubbing shoulders with the people that we rub shoulders with, not to talk to them about the current events related to what we like and don't like and preferences. That is such an easy snare to do. If you are ever talking about those things, make sure you do what? Turn that conversation to talk about the Lord. Put the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ with that. Now, why do I say that? Well, because otherwise we just, then we're preaching a different gospel. Inadvertently filled up with, a, with maybe it's even the spirit of the age that we can't stand. I mean, I remember watching Zeitgeist. Again, it's a, it's a movie out on YouTube. It was out years ago at the request of a young gal coming to church, and, and she was trying to sort this out, and she brought her fiancé, and they, they showed up in church, and I want to be faithful to watch something I didn't want to watch and give my honest feedback to her, and it was, it was the spirit of the age, and it was a package to reach out to more people that there really was nothing true in this faith of Jesus Christ, that that which is coming, the spirit of the age, to embrace all the things going on in the world. And this is, this is almost 15, 20 years ago. And why I say these things, and, and I spoke to her in the wisdom and power of the spirit to, to clearly say, that's not of God. Now, we come to this place today and we see Stephen, who's a normal, everyday guy. I'm saying unto you, we are... We, we qualify. Not many mighty after the flesh, not many noble. Right? And so, so don't look for great people. Actually look for the greatness of faith as Jesus puts it in. Serve faithfully. If the Holy Spirit says, go talk to that person, it might take the second time around and then, and then you're going to open your mouth. Talk to them about the Lord. Do your devotions. When you skip Bible time, you have nothing to say to somebody. Now, I know this, if I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying, and if I'm being discipled, reading through books that, that are in accord with godliness, you know, a truth according to godliness, I will always have something to say. Do you know that things that happen around me, I have an answer because the Spirit of God gave me an answer, and it's, look at this, look at this verse. And as we come to this, we got to know this. The natural man does not receive the things of God. So when you start talking to people and then they're going to get upset with you and do you know enough of the history and understanding that in our current events, the real issue is mankind is worshiping another God. They want to worship anything but the living God. You, you have the house of Islam comes in and for some reason they target this part, you know, the economy of the upper Midwest, and Grand Forks is different than it used to be, and Fargo is different. And there you have a whole group of people who do not have the spirit of the living God. They don't have the sun. They don't have life. And yet they will have all kinds of words to say. And this is that part where he wants us, full of the Holy Spirit, living our daily lives, and it might be the person that you're shopping with, or maybe it's your cashier. And you have a choice right there, let alone I didn't even mention some of the other practices that, that are right there. Now it comes down to it. You do not need to go to seminary to, to know the Bible. Right? You, Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom and power and faith. Do you know something? If you just simply say, I believe that which was written in the Word of God, and Lord, increase my faith, I'm going to serve with that. I'm going to share today that which you shared with me. Well, they didn't like it, and they secretly induced men to say, we've heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. Now, same thing. Again, Ahab, Jezebel, 
getting, getting Naaman's vineyard. Hired worthless men to give false testimony. What you see here is they, 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 they basically look out for, for wicked men who will begin to speak evil. That's the media. Have you been paying any attention to how Christianity has come to the forefront of the eyes of the media and what a Christian is, what a Christian isn't, beliefs? I mean, if you pay any attention to this stuff, the, the description, Christianity is being redefined by the five major news outlets in this country in order to paint a picture, right, to prepare the world for the Antichrist. So this opposition and this, these blasphemous words that are spoken against as we live our lives and as we live following Jesus Christ, it's not coming in the form like it used to of a synagogue, but it's coming at the hands of those who probably go to a church or it comes at the hands of those who have read an article and they find out you're a Christian and they bring forth that, that hatred and those accusations I mean, you do realize that one of the primary uh, wicked themes of the spirit of Antichrist with homosexuality is to say that we hate them. They call the gospel hate. So when you share the gospel with somebody, they're predisposed by what they've been hearing. So you understand that this whole thing of, of, of don't ever have to like listen to any of the accusations that you're reading but know that this is the message that's going out into the world. And it's not just one synagogue against one. We're living in these days. They said that the people, the elders, the scribes, came upon him, seized him, brought him up to the council. So he's in front of the Sanhedrin, the same one that Jesus was in front of, the same one which the apostles were in front of, and now one of the table waiters, the deacons, right? He's in front of the Sanhedrin, and then they bring up false witnesses. And, and they say he speaks blasphemous words. He's blaspheming the temple. He's blaspheming the law. He's blaspheming, he's blaspheming the, the law of Moses. We heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered unto us. Now, this thing's messed up. Jesus did say destroy this temple in three days, and I'll raise it again. Jesus said that. So, I mean, if Stephen's bearing witness to the resurrection, which one of us, again, though they were right there, he's using the same, no doubt, analogy that Jesus was talking about his body, and so then they twist his words. Your words will be twisted. Full of faith, full of power, declaring the truth of the gospel, they will say you said that you hated them when you were describing the truth about the judgment of God upon sin. When you, when, you, when you speak of hell, right? When you talk about, I mean, and when Stephen gets into this, Stephen's going to pull out that living word of God and it's going to cut their hearts. I mean, surgically cut right to the heart. And what do they do? They gnash their teeth at him. They rush him and stone him. Now, we'll get to that when we cover that in, in chapter 7. So then, do we just think, well, not called to be a martyr. I don't have to be full of the faith and power of the Holy Spirit. I don't have to bear witness. Guys, we need more believers like this who are full of faith and power and actually have the heart and the mind that says, "What well, I believe the Bible. I believe in prayer. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe in bearing witness to the truth. See, how many of us have just been lulled to sleep? To, to we, we witness with our lives or we... We don't really say words. We just want them to see our love or, or we want to give a witness something else. I simply say, 
power of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles in the beginning to be witnesses unto Jesus Christ. Witnesses unto Jesus Christ. Now, this is a great place to be at. Say what? When I witness in the fullness of power and wisdom of Jesus Christ, his death, his resurrection, whatever, whatever understanding you're helping people, they will not like it. Some will like it. More will like it than you realize. More people still will want to hear what you have to say. I went with the mindset years ago. I tried to hand out Bibles, you know, for outreach. Nobody would take a Bible. Two week, well, a week ago in Valley City, took Bibles down there, and you would be surprised. The least likely people, you look at them from the outside, oh, he's into cars, he's into this, she's into that, oh, he, they're, they're into this, and I go around and say, would you like a Bible today? It's a free gift, and we handed out more than, a, probably about 125 Bibles that day. And it's like, they want the Word of God. Now, I'm just here to say unto you, the people loved what Stephen was saying. Right? The normal daily people will love to hear, even amongst the ranks of those who consider themselves Catholics or Muslims, you go right through it, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, amongst those in the ranks. And a lot of times when I would meet a Muslim, initially in Fargo, and I found out he's a Muslim, I said, you go to mosque this week? All I'm doing is what? I'm giving him a test if he's following the tenets that his religion's requiring of him. I, and and he, if he says yes, I said, well, and then I started on this. If he says no, I said, well, you're not even a good Muslim. What are you, what are you fighting against this? Let me tell you about the Son of God. You don't follow, you don't follow Islam. I said, let me tell you about the Son. Now, we come to this place as we, we wrap this up tonight, and, it, and it's verse 15. And all who sat in the council looking steadfastly at him saw his face as a face of an angel. Now, when it comes down to it, what I'm presenting unto us, right, with desire, with passion, you need to understand, I am a, I am a nobody. Like one of the prophets who said, I was not raised a prophet. I, I was, I was a, 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 well, I think his dad was a, he was a fruit picker, right? His dad farmed fruit trees. And the Holy Spirit came upon him and called him, and he became a prophet unto Israel. It's one of the minor prophets. I forget which one it is. See, and, and for us, we need to understand that. There's not anybody that I know of. Again, the world's doing it. The actors and actresses are begetting actors and actresses. We, we watch enough volleyball like, oh, they're parents. Oh, his, her dad was a NFL player, and her mom was this, and now look at how great of athletes are being raised up. And I'm simply saying in the body of Christ, we are, there is no school of prophets. There's no, you know, and, and some do it. Some like a, a pastor, son of a pastor, son of a pastor. But I'm saying unto you, what we see in scripture at any given point in time, when God wants to speak to people, you know, he'll take, in this case, a Stephen who nobody knew before, fills him with the Holy Spirit and faith. God, God's Holy Spirit fills him up. He's glowing. The glory of God is shining upon his life. And that witness, can you imagine what words come out of his mouth in chapter 7 as the whole Sanhedrin is seeing the glory of God upon his face? Supernatural. I mean, you do catch the veiled reference, pun intended, to the glory of God that shone upon Moses' face. See, God revealed his glory in Stephen's life by the wisdom and power of faith and, and truth of the Holy Spirit. And God wants to use 
our lives. This isn't some traveling, you know, false prophet that comes along, gives you a prophecy that says, you know, God is going to use you for great things. And then they just check out and they're gone. No discipleship. Just a word that nobody's there like, is it even true? See, when you're, when you're getting a prophecy, you've got to test that thing. Is it even true? And then as you're sorting that all out, my encouragement always to everybody, begin to serve the Lord. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the Word of God. You need to learn to pray. You need faith. And as you live this out, God is looking for people like Stephen. When we get to chapter 9, one of my favorites, Ananias, a saint who lives in, in Damascus who you never hear of after the one thing that God gives him to do. Go lay hands on, on Saul and pray that he would receive his sight. He says, him, Lord, I've heard about him. He says, yeah, go. And this is where we're at. Now, I'm not saying any of us are going to have, you know, bright shining moments of glory of God shining as we die and they write books about us. I'm not saying that. Now, I believe that's a calling. And some have gone that way. But what, what do we have? We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to serve the Lord in daily life. Right? Stay-at-home moms, do you not have those in your life who need to hear all about Jesus Christ? Neighbors, friends. Now, all I'm doing is trying to sharpen up for us faith, full of faith. Lord, increase my faith. I don't have enough faith to go share the gospel with somebody. Well, start, start by doing something that's easier that you can attain unto. That list that I formed together that my pastor said, do them all, right? Probably took me years before I could organize and say, we as a church, all of us are going to go do this. I had enough faith in the beginning. A friend of mine, right? My wife, all my kids, every Friday night for two summers, we went to Romke Park, right? That's where Chris lived in that drug house, the neighborhood when, when he went to MSUM, MSU, that neighborhood, and you know what? That's where we went. We had enough faith to go out and start sharing with the kids who were playing there and start sharing with them the love of Jesus Christ. When we fed them and they took food home to their parents, their parents came out to the park to see, where did you get this food from? And then the parents began to talk to us. And then some of the, some of the drug addicts would come out. And we just, we just were there. And I'm simply saying this. If we don't serve the Lord, we don't go out. Time to turn off the TV, right? Now, I'm not saying you can't watch TV. I'm simply saying what? That can't be what you turn to or whatever it is that that fills up all your time. How about block out your time to, I'm going to go serve the Lord in his gospel. Or when I go to the store, I'm going to put two things together. I am so guilty of this. I get in a hurry. I have no time for people when I'm out. I am guilty, guilty, guilty of living that way. And then I get home and I didn't say a word and I didn't want to. But where are those times? Talk with my brother. He, small town. They were busy one night up at the antique store where they're at. They noticed a couple walking downtown looking in all the windows of this small town. You know, small town, the stores are dead. But my brother and his wife, my sister-in-law, they're in, they're in their store. And these people come and they invite him in and they show him all around the antique store. And then they start to talk with them. They find out this couple is from Ireland. They're touring the world by motorcycle. They happen to be in Lamberton, Minnesota, because it's 10 miles away from Little House on the Prairie. They made their way to see the small town in rural Minnesota that was famed by that. 
and my brother and sister and I ended up inviting them over to the house. They stayed two nights in our hometown. They invited them over to their house, not our house, to their house. They had dinner with them, and they shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. So you think that you're obscure and you're out of the way, and, and you say, my, what am I, what's my issue? I get so busy with what I think i got to get done. And I simply say, we need to be full of faith, power, Holy Spirit. Anyway, do you pray for people? Yeah, I love this. One of my favorite parts of going down to Valley City was, we will pray for you. Chris and I took one hot lap around there with the sign that says, do you need prayer? I only had one guy make eye contact with me. Because <laughs> you know what happened? It's very forward, isn't it? It's very forward. But I didn't do it to be forward. I, I did it as a witness that said what? We will pray for you. And if that's all they knew about us, even if they wouldn't receive prayer, I wanted them to know that we pray for Valley City. And we pray for you individually. So i got to stop somewhere. So no second sermon. Let's pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to, to do this work in us. Lord, we ask to be filled with faith. In much the way, Lord, of the testing and trials to know that the things of this world are the place where we prove our faithfulness unto you. That which we have, Lord, has come forth from you. That which you give us to do as we serve. Lord, we simply want to be servants who have done our duty. Uh, unprofitable servants. But as we're there, then show us what to do. Put us in that place as we serve that the power of God can be poured out unto salvation and, and witness, Lord, use our lives. Get us out of our slumber and sleep. Lord, get us out of our entertainment lifestyle. May we serve you in the fullness. Uh, Lord, even in the little things, just work on that. Lord, we ask to be faithful. So when you come, Lord, when you, when you return, will you find faith on the earth? Lord, come quickly. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you this week. Right? This is not intended to be a heavy Bible study in any way, shape, or form. It's meant to be for us to come to that place and simply say, Lord, increase our faith. Just take that into prayer. Yeah, that's it. Just increase our faith. Uh, we can get so frustrated over all the banter that's going on in the world, and we could just like, oh, it doesn't matter anyway. It's no use. You know, you know why Calvinism is on the rise, new Calvinism? Because they, they, just, they just punt on everything and say, well, yeah, I guess it's just God's will. I guess it just happened. And, and the underlying doctrine is you don't really have any choice in the matter. That's not what I see in Scripture, is that God chooses and we respond, and he's called us and sent us out, not to say it doesn't matter. Well, I guess, it, no, to go out and make a difference in the kingdom of God. So you really are free. I just kept talking. God bless you.